Good morning, Real Life family. My name is Ryan Craig. I am the Youth and Children's Director here at Real Life Church in Montrose. And as always, I am excited to share the Word of God with you today. We've got something amazing to talk about, but before we do that, I just want to show off my cool, uh, as the youth say in my youth group, my cool drip. So cool, right? Now this is our new real life sweater. It is a special edition launch uh, renaming sweater, I guess you could call it, that we have now. You can get it here at the church. Swing on by while we're in the office or on a Sunday and you can purchase one of these beautiful shirts here at the church. It's awesome, comfy, and stylish. I look pretty good if I do say so myself. Today I, I have an awesome sermon that God has put upon my heart as Pastor Tim was planning his last sermon. He called me in his office. We sat down and we talked about what we thought God wanted to say to you guys today. And man, it is great. So last week he talked about the temporary versus the eternal. He talked about how we have this Americanized view of the Bible and Christianity, of prosperity, of always going without want of, of, of having incredible things, but those things are material, they're temporary, they pass away, versus what biblical Christianity is. And that's always having eternal focus, having a focus on what comes after this life here on earth, of saving souls, of doing the will of the Lord. And I'm going to expand upon that a little bit today. It's going to be so much fun, so strap in, my friends. I'm going to start today with some scripture. So if you have your Bible, please open it to Exodus 14.4. And if you don't have your Bible, well, you've got your smartphone or your laptop, whatever you're watching this on, pull it up there. Let's read this together. Exodus 14.4 through 14. I'm going to first skip down to uh, verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, what is this we have done? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him. And took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of the army with him. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camped at the sea. Skip ahead to verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done uh, to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not this? What we have said to you in Egypt, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you only have to be silent. 
Last time I preached a sermon about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it was exciting. Because we talked about the gifts. And the week before, Pastor Tim talked about the fruit. We talked about how when we have the Holy Spirit, He starts working and starts doing things around you. We talked about the fruit, the joy, the peace that He gives us. And we talked about how my God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And friends, we talked about how when you go through a storm in life, that you serve the same Jesus that stood on that boat and he cried out to the storm, be still, and the waves and the wind and the lightning and the rain and the clouds all went away and there was peace in the waters. We talked about how when Jesus first received the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry, it led him through a desert for 40 days and 40 nights where he fasted and was tempted by the evil one and how Jesus came out of that and started his ministry. And we were excited and, and here physically on Sunday at church. Man, we could feel the Spirit in that room. And we, we got so excited. Well, I want to follow up with you. You see, if you're anything like me, you get that. You catch that fire. Mm, it feels so good. But then, life happens. And some of you may be looking at me now and saying, Ryan, you told me God would bring me out of the storm, but my storm is still happening. You said it could spe uh, speak peace to the storm, but I'm still going through it. You said that once I got through to the other side of the storm, that there would be something amazing. Ryan, I'm still going through it. I'm still facing another storm. And you might look at me and say, look, he's, he's in the ministry. He's always smiling. He's always happy. He's so bubbly. He gets excited and yells a lot. I mean, I could be talking about Star Trek and I get excited. You get me going about God and how faithful and wonderful he is. Whoo, boy, watch out. I'm shouting a whole lot. And you say, Ryan, you don't get it, man. <laughs> He told me that God delivers us. But look at your life. You, you, you got a beautiful wife who can lead worship and sing. You've got a cute little puppy. Second one on the way. Another puppy coming to our house. I've got three amazing, talented, fun, sweet children. Let me tell you something, friends. I have the Holy Spirit. And it's been great. But if you knew the personal details of the things I've been going through, and some of you do know, if you had seen my life the last two years intimately, the last year intimately, the last six months intimately, and if you recall my testimony from when I was a child and the abuses I've gone through, Over the summer, I had some stuff happen. Stuff that still affects me to this day, today. And when, when I went through something big over the summer, my grandpa looked at me and says, man, I look at your life and sometimes I wonder how you could even stand. Now he went on to say, but, but I know how you can stand. 
So guys, I, I've got something I want to tell you today. I want, I want to tell you how I'm still standing. Because honestly, even, even considering the abuses I was through as a child, and while I'm not being abused now, and while I haven't been abused the last two years, honestly, the things that keep happening, the things that keep piling up, I should be having the worst two years of my life. So you, you came and you heard me preach about how God delivers us. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of you. But then the bills came and you're still laid off. But then the, the, the enemy came and whispered in your ear about that addiction you're trying to break. You're still arguing with your spouse for my students, school's not gotten easier. Your grades are still suffering, maybe. You're being bullied. This school year for my, my students in Montrose has not been good. It's hard. Life still happens. But I still stand firm in what I told you before. And my last sermon to you about the Holy Spirit and the gifts he gives. But there's a secret I'm ready to share with you today. See, I started in verse 5 in Exodus 14 there. And I told you I'd be reading 4 through 14. This is what God said to Moses in verse 4 before what we read. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Lord. And they did so. So here's the problem. We know that God's promised us that he is always faithful. We see it over and over again in his word, and and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. But it's hard to remember when we're still in the middle of the storm. It's hard to remember when we have just gone through a storm and a new one has appeared. It's hard to remember that. But friends, I want you to have a perspective switch today. I'm not going to recommend self-help books. I'm not going to recommend seminars. I'm not going to recommend any of that. I'm going to recommend one simple thing, and it's something that you've already received. Today, we're going to expand about, upon this idea of the internal and temporary versus the external and eternal. I love what Paul says in Colossians 1.21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Are you an enemy in your own mind? These thoughts coming towards you? Maybe it's self-hatred or insecurity. Maybe it's doubting what God is bringing for you. Maybe it's these struggles I've been an enemy in my own mind for far too long. 
So over this summer, I made a hard commitment to push harder and to push further and to invite the Holy Spirit to control my life. Guys, I got through one storm and the enemy tried to take me down. I thought everything was going to be over. And I got through that. And blessings came from that. But then, then as I'm celebrating and I'm excited and I'm on fire, we go to have our children's camp. And I preached my last sermon. And the enemy realized he couldn't get me in that last situation. And the day before we were preparing, I get done preaching my sermon, getting ready for camp now. Altar call had just finished. We go down to the sanctuary. We start clearing the chairs. And the enemy tried to take my grandpa. And if you know me and my grandpa, my grandpa is my physical father here on earth. Maybe not biologically is my father, but he's been there as my father more than anybody ever has. And he is dear to me. He shouldn't be alive today. I spent that week at camp worrying, is he going to make it? He was in a hospital bed, in a coma, on a ventilator. Doctor saying, if he makes it, he'll never be the same. But the Holy Spirit, I kept operating in the Holy Spirit, following the things he was telling me to do, to the things he was telling me to say. I kept saying, and I kept praying, and I kept praising him. I get through camp. Lives are saved. That's what Pastor Jim was talking about last week. Right? We don't focus on the temporary we don't focus on the enemy that we can create in our own minds. You see, our minds, we are renewed when we have Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit, and things begin to change. So that toxic, that enemy in my mind, those toxic thoughts, they went away. So Satan tried to attack me other ways. But souls were saved that week. Lives of children were saved that week. I had friends, adults, who came to that camp. And they, they caught the Holy Spirit at that camp and their lives changed that week. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. Guys, that's, that's the key, is the Holy Spirit. I'm still going through trials, but I'm still smiling because I have the Holy Spirit now. That's the difference, my friends. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. But even when we do, those storms keep coming. We say, let, let the Holy Spirit, let God control. Let God and let go. But that's hard. 
because you're watching a sermon or just a funny cat video on YouTube and your internet gets shut off and you don't have the money to do it, but man, some of you still have kids doing virtual school. How am I going to do school with my internet shut off or I can't keep the lights on or the addiction? I cannot break the habit, the cycle. It's still there or we're still arguing with our spouse. And it's hard to let God, it's hard to let go. So a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I, I was working for the post office. I've, I've spent most of my life doing ministry, but a lot of it's been volunteer work. And God has blessed me now with this job here at this church, and I can focus on what I'm doing. I can focus on your children and the people of this church. But at this time, I wasn't working here, so I was at the post office. And they asked me to start uh, uh, helping out with these small business deliveries. So I would drive this gigantic two-ton truck, and I'd go to small businesses, and I'd pick up their deliveries. I'd give them their deliveries that they were receiving. And I did this a few times with uh, uh, another uh, carrier who was training me on how to do this. And, and two days into it, uh, my back was killing me. It, it, it was painful because I was lifting so many things all the time. And I couldn't figure out what's going on, man. Like, I'm in shape. I was in shape at the time. I got out of shape, but I'm back in shape again. But I, I had some muscle on me for the first time in my life. Why is my back hurting? I mean, I, I called in the third day. And I, I stayed home because I couldn't move. It hurt. Recently, and I believe God did this for today, recently, I hurt my back again. I couldn't move. I could barely get out of bed. And so at midnight, Saturday night before Sunday morning, I go to bed. And, and I knew God wanted to use me the next day, and I'm wondering, man, God, why are you allowing this to happen? I need to, I need to, to do something. And, and, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Ryan, get out of bed. So now it's 12.02. And do seven squats. Now, I've never been one to work out. I, I don't know how to do proper squats. So I tried. I did seven squats and they looked goofy. And, and I asked my dear friend Megan the, the next day, is that how you do a proper squat? She's like, nah, mm -mm, nope, that's not right. That's not how you do a squat. And I'm like, man, okay, I didn't do them correctly. But here's the thing. I did those seven squats, and I stood up from that seventh squat, and uh, well, improper squat, and I was healed instantly. No more pain. I couldn't do this, that small movement, and I went from that to having full range of motion on my back, I slept wonderfully that night. I came in. I worked with the kids. I had youth group that night. It was amazing. God used that situation. But, but, but how is he using that situation? Yes, I was able to minister to the kids, but I could have done it with a painful back, and I wasn't really sure. But now I'm standing here today. I can tell you why God wanted me to use that situation. He wanted me to remember the post office. So to return to my post office story, I'm, I'm at the post office, I'm doing deliveries in small businesses, my back hurts so bad, 
And, and the carrier that was training me on these routes stood in the back of the truck with me. I said, hey man, uh, can you stand in the back of the truck with me, make sure you know, I'm doing everything right. He comes to the back of the truck and I want him to watch something completely different. But then I go to lift a, a box, a big box, and I bend over, legs straight, head down, I go to pick up the box. He goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I said, what, what do you mean? He says, you're lifting that box wrong. There's a right way to lift a box? See, yeah, okay. Here's what you need to do. He came up to me. Look forward. Okay, I'm looking forward. Back straight. All right, back straight. Bend at the knees. Bend at the knees. Grab the box. Lift. And I carried that box in. Suddenly it's easier to carry in. I made that delivery. Gave somebody something that they needed. Came back in the truck. Finished the route. And for the rest of the time at the post office, never injured my back again. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. And we hear, let God and let go, but let God and let go doesn't work very well. Like I said, when you need to pay the bills and the money's not coming in, we say let God and let go, and we can't do that. We can, but it's hard to when other storms appear in our lives. But I'm telling you, friends, let God and let go. How about we let the Holy Spirit into our life and allow him to change how we are lifting our burdens and allow him to instruct us, and we rely on his strength. So I was doing these improper squats to get my healing from God. And let me tell you, those improper squats was the exact same posture I was taking to lift those boxes. And so the reason why God had me do that and healed me in such a strange way instead of just instantly healing me laying in my bed was to remind me of something. I need to let the Holy Spirit Control. I need to let the Holy Spirit not just control, but instruct. I need to let the Holy Spirit watch and tell me what to do. And I need to change my posture. I need to change my posture. It's with His instruction when I don't know what I'm doing that I survive. It's with His strength when I can't lift it that I have. And when I'm feeling tired, he gives me rest. When I'm weary, he gives me rest. So last week we talked about refocusing and looking at the eternal instead of the temporary. And this week we're talking about this. It's the Holy Spirit that gets you through. There's two different stories in the Bible that I want to talk about today. Ratchet and Benny, as we call them in kids' church. Ratchet, Meshach, and Bendigo. I'm not going to say them again because you guys know I don't like words that make my tongue all flippy. And so Rakshak and Benny, they uh, uh, were advisors. They were servants to a king. They had been chosen because they were super smart guys, right? And so they go to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. I can say that one with no problem. They go to serve King Nebuchadnezzar, and the king decides he's going to build a golden statue. His advisors say, hey, build this golden statue. They had this plan to try to take out Rakshak and Benny because they were incredible guys. And they said, and whoever doesn't 
Worship the statue in your image, king. Let's throw him in a fiery furnace and kill them. So every single time music plays, people need to bow down and worship a statue of you. Rakshak and Benny, the music plays, they don't bow down. The advisors, they run to the king and say, hey, these three guys, they didn't bow down. The king becomes angry, calls them in. He's enraged. He says, hey, you didn't bow down. They're telling me you don't serve the same gods as me and you don't worship me. And he's angry and they say, no, we don't. He says, I'm going to throw you in a fire and I love what they say next. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you if we are thrown into the blazing furnace. The God whom we serve is able to save us. Whoo, powerful God can, God will, God does save, God does bring us out of the storm. The Lord Jesus Christ does stand and call out peace and brings peace to the storm. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So these guys go in with this faith. My God can save me. I believe my God will save me. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow down. And that needs to be our cry. Now, here's the cool thing about these guys. They get thrown into the fiery furnace. This furnace, this furnace that is seven times hotter than usual. This fire that was built in haste because the king was so angry. Bound, fully clothed. And the king peers into this fire. And he says, didn't, didn't we throw three guys in there? They're like, yeah. There's four men. They were bound, but these four men are walking around. There's a fourth person, and he calls out and calls them out of the fire. So why? Why do we go through these sufferings? Why do we go through these things? Because we live in a lost world that needs Jesus. We live in a world that is corrupt. People with hardened hearts. People who want to worship the wrong things or be worshipped. People who want to gain the material. And listen, there's nothing wrong with gaining prosperity, physical material prosperity, but it's how we use it that matters. Here's the thing. Everything we need to do needs to be focused on him. King Nebuchadnezzar that day acknowledged that God was the true God. He acknowledged that our king, our Lord, is the true king. He is the real one, the real deal. And that day, Nebuchadnezzar began to follow the real God, Pharaoh, and his army went through the waters. The waters crashed down upon them after the last Israelite stepped foot out of the desert and he was killed. His army wiped out. But the Lord said this in verse 4, I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts and the Egyptians shall know that I am Lord. Friends, the Israelites were angry. Mocking Moses, saying, yeah, you just brought us out here to die because you knew there weren't graves for us in Egypt, so you just brought us out here to die. See, I don't want you to be an Israelite. Now, I'm not saying that in some weird way, like, I don't want you to change your nationality, whatever. No, I, I don't want you to be like the Israelites, my friends. You get out of one storm. These guys were just in slavery, being beat, slave labor, 
and they're complaining because they're delivered to what seems to be another storm. God knew what he was doing. God was changing lives. God was saving people. Friends, when you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to get joy and peace, but that joy and peace comes from Him and changing your perspective and seeing the new things that He is doing to you. My friends, the other people I want to talk about, the other person I want to talk about is Paul. Paul, who used to be Saul, and on the road to Damascus, a bright light shone upon him and knocked him down and changed his life forever. Saul, who is now Paul, is a servant of Jesus. Scales fell from his eyes and he becomes an apostle, writes, writes the majority of the New Testament, and he says many things. Shout out to Preston Neal, my brother-in-law. We talk about Paul all the time. We love his writings. But as you begin to study Paul, you see we often see in churches, we often see on Facebook or Instagram, little scriptures pulled he out here and there about how I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can, I can overcome it all and my God takes care of me. And, all, and they're great. But let's read some context here, my friends. Paul, seven years of his ministry were spent in prison. Paul goes to a new city and Paul is stoned. Probably died. Believers surround him, pray for him, raised from the dead or healed. Paul goes out and is arrested over and over again. He is persecuted over and over again. But in prison, as he's writing these letters that we read now in the Bible, he's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. Why? He knows that God can and will deliver him. But what he says is he looks around and the people that see him see how God blesses him and favors him and loves him even though he is in chains and they see how the, the, the joy of the Holy Spirit, they see how the peace of the Holy Spirit has come upon him. They see the love that he is giving through the Holy Spirit. They see the gifts producing through him. They are then changed and their lives are saved. So Paul is in prison writing these letters and he's saying we go through these things and people are saved. That's powerful, my friends. That's powerful. And he says this. Now rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become its servant by the commission God gave to me to present to you the word of God in its fullness and mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now is disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has been to, chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all energy, Christ so powerfully works in me. I want to read the beginning of that again now. I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. He's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. 
Paul was most likely beheaded. So we've got Rackshack and Benny. They're delivered, they're elevated in their position. When you read the Bible, guys, take this word. Begin reading it. My friends, I promise, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not physically small, I am kind of. This is just a big Bible, it's just massive, okay? Anyways, off topic. Begin reading this. When you read his word, you start to see the people who follow God were constantly, constantly going through it. They had their own storms. Moses, the Israelites, wandered in the desert for 40 years. Moses didn't even get to step foot in the promised land, but God took care of him along the way. They went through trials, but God gave them food, gave them water. God protected them. David, slayed a giant, king of Israel, wrote the Psalms. Beautiful. David was pursued, had to flee, was in hiding, struggled with depression, was an enemy in his own mind. Daniel, thrown into the lion's den. Yes, he was brought out of it. And we continue on and we just see it. Job, great example there. We see it over and over again in God. They're following him. They're still going through it. And then we read about Jesus himself. What did he do wrong? Yeah, he was persecuted. And after he resurrects, he promises the Holy Spirit. A great comforter. And the disciples, they go into the upper room and they, they hide there. Now, they probably weren't hanging out playing Halo, video games, Fortnite, whatever. Well, they definitely weren't. There wasn't electricity. But, but they were sitting up there in fear. You see, Jesus had just been crucified. And yes, he rose again from the grave, but they are sitting there knowing that this is a place that they are not welcome. And they wait. The Holy Spirit comes upon them like tongues of fire above their heads. They begin to speak in tongues, languages, their heavenly languages. And Peter, the man who denied Christ three times as Jesus was dying on the Christ, suddenly is emboldened. And he has confidence. And he's full of the Holy Spirit. He goes out and he preaches a sermon. Over 3,000 people were saved that day. At a time when he was just afraid. When he was so afraid, he had just denied Christ. He goes out and he preaches. People are saved. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. When you catch the Holy Spirit... And here's the key to today's message. People around you begin to change. Lives begin to, to change. People are saved. So Peter preaches and he is saving people through the Holy Spirit, through what God has given him, through the gifts God has given him. And it's powerful and beautiful. I'm going to return to my story. I went through all of that affliction as a child abuse. I have a story to tell about how God can save. I went through terrible things the last two years. I have a story now to tell 
to say that God can bring you through the storm. Yes, but God is also with you in the storm. I have a story to tell. And I see lives changing around me. And it brings me so much joy to know that my friends are going into eternity, to know that my family is going into eternity with Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Whoo! You're going through it, friends. You're probably still going to go through it. But now, whoo, you've got the Holy Spirit, and you are not crushed. You are not dead. Your body may be withering away and dying, but this is just a tent. This is just a temporary home. And someday we have an eternal home with him in heaven. He has built a house that is not built by the hands of men, but is built by God himself. We have a reward to look forward to. We have an eternity with him. Friends, the Holy Spirit is the answer. And here's the thing Jesus said himself in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat up that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell and Great was the fall of it. Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we need to hear these words, my friends, today. We build our house on the rock. The storm still comes, but it's on the rock. It's not going to fall. And as we live here, groaning for an eternity with him, we remember this. To live is Christ. To live means I get to continue his work. Paul talks about this over and over again. I get to continue to minister. I get to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it saves you, how it changes you. And to die means I would just get to go to heaven and be with him anyways. Guys, that is our focus. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit today, you've got to. I don't like to put the pressure on hard, but today I'm telling you, you've got to. In Psalms, it talks about to build a city, for the watchman to watch over the city on his own is in vain. Because it's without the Lord, but with the Lord, all things can and will happen. So why are you still struggling with your sin? Because God wants to give you a story to tell. So why are you struggling to pay the bills? I don't know. 
but God wants to give you a story to tell. Why are you still suffering? Because in our suffering, it's an opportunity for God to show up, for him to change everything. Paul talks about that often. Today I'm reminded of a dear friend who just passed away recently. And I look at her life. Man, she was going through it often. She was always smiling. She always was singing him a song. And I asked her about it once. And I, I said, why, why? You're going through so much. She says, Ryan, it's because I want to share the love of Jesus. I'm still standing. Lives are being changed. I see the goodness of what he's done. And even though I'm in this storm, my house is upon his rock and it won't fall. And how many of us are mourning her? And it hurts. But then I think, what a story she has. Until her dying day, she followed the Lord. And she's with him in eternity. And there's no more pain in her body. Her sickness no longer afflicts her. And the children she raised, and the lives she touched, the legacy she's left behind. Remember the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, do not focus on what we have now, but focus on the eternal. You may be watching this, and maybe you just stopped by the feed because you saw some short, hyper guy screaming at the camera for a minute. Maybe you're one of my friends I went to school with or an ex-co-worker or whatever, and you want to see Ryan be hyper and weird like he is. Well, stay for a moment because I want to talk to you. And maybe you're just some stranger that just so happened to see my face. I need, I need to talk to you. I've got something important to tell you. You're going through something. Maybe you have money. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have a wonderful marriage or maybe it's falling apart. Maybe you love your job. Maybe you hate your job. You're going through something. <laughs> and I don't care who you are, but you've struggled with insecurities. You've become the enemy in your own mind. I want to I wanna give you a gift. Jesus was a man that we've all heard about here in this country. We know that he was crucified and killed, but why? The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it says the punishment for that sin is death. And I'm not talking about our physical bodies. That means that when we die, we will not spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. But today, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to give you a hope. Because, my friends, 
Sin is sin. And we have no way out. So God came to this earth. He sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus never sinned. So he did not deserve that punishment. Yet he was arrested anyways. Yet he was tortured and his body torn apart anyways. He was crucified anyways. He gave up his life. And why? Well, when he was on that cross, he became your sin and your shame. And he took it upon himself and he defeated it on that cross. He died, but three days later, he rose again from the grave. And he did it because he loves you. And he wants to spend eternity with you. And he wants to give you that unspeakable joy, that, that peace. It's not explainable. I'm going through it. And I'm standing here smiling. And it's not fake. It's real. I want you to have the same thing. So here's how you do it. Close your eyes. Pray with me. Say a similar prayer. Repeat after me. Whatever. Accept Jesus into your heart. Acknowledge that he is real, that he is the son of God. Acknowledge that he took your punishment and he wiped it all away and that there is now a new covenant, a new covenant with him and you get to live with him forever after you pass someday. The storms are going to keep coming. They sure did for the apostles. Most of them died. Only one of them died of old age. The rest were tortured, killed, crucified, ripped apart, both alive. But look at the lives that have changed. Look at how the world has changed because they carried out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at the lives that were transformed. My friends, I'm telling you, you go through it. If you do this, if you make this decision with me today, I promise you, I promise you, everything is going to change. The things around you might not, but you will. And you'll see people's lives around you change, and you can celebrate, and you can have that joy that I keep telling you about. So let's close our eyes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I believe that you're real. I believe in Jesus, that he's the Son of God, that he was perfect, that he died, that he's already paid the debt for my sin, that he rose again three days later. I promise to follow you, to do my best. Thank you. I acknowledge my sin, but I give it to you. Amen. My friends, I pray that you learn to be directed by the Holy Spirit, that you begin to see things through his eyes, that you change your posture, that you let God control things. Not Jesus take the wheel, but Jesus show me how to live, show me how to think, renew and transform my mind. You can get through these storms. And when the next one comes, you've been strengthened. And let your new mantra be this. I believe that my God can and will save me from the flames, but even if he does not, I will not bow down. 
Have a wonderful week. I'm praying for you. And always remember, you are special. I love you. But most importantly, God loves you too.